Blog Talk Radio.
Father God, I thank you for everybody that's present here, God, on Prolific Fire tonight, God. I thank you for the ones that you have gathered, Lord God. I thank you, God, that you're going to minister to them tonight, God, in a way that only you can, God. Sit me down and use me mightily on tonight, God, for your benefit, however you see fit, whether they're listening live or to the replay, Lord God. I ask that you bless them, and thank you, everybody, for being here tonight. In the name of Jesus, to God be the glory. Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Prolific Fire, everybody. I am your humble host, Prophet Stacey. Thank you for taking the time to join me on tonight. I pray that the word of the Lord will be a blessing unto you. Well, you know how we do. Let's get right into it for tonight. Tonight, the foundational text is one that is very familiar. The foundational text comes from Romans. 828, Romans 828 from the New Living Translation. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And are called according to his purpose for them. But how? How does God cause everything we go through to work together for something the scripture refers to as the good? God God causes everything to work together for the good. Okay. But my question is, how? Let's have a little fun tonight. Connect the pieces and make it make sense. How about that? Tonight's message is Connect Four. Tonight's message is Connect Four. I know many of you growing up, you played a game called Connect Four. Me personally, I've never played. My grandmother raised me, and in in her house, you were not going to play Connect Four or anything like that. But for some reason, God told me to call this message Connect Four, and that's the first thing I thought about. So let's have a little fun tonight and connect the pieces and make it make sense. Tonight's message, Connect Four. Let's begin by examining Abigail's life. We're going to start with Abigail. In 1 Samuel chapter 25, verses 2 and 3 from the Message Bible. There was a certain man in Moan who carried on his business in the region of Carmel. He was very prosperous, 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And it was sheep shearing time in Carmel. The man's name was Nabal, which means fool. 
she married she was married to a fool. A Calabite and his wife his wife's name was Abigail. The woman, Abigail, was intelligent. Here we have an intelligent woman married to a fool. The woman, Abigail, was intelligent and good looking. The man, her husband, Nabal, the fool. The Bible says he was also British. Not British. He was also brutish and mean. He was also brutish and mean. Okay, we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 25, verses 4 through 17 from the Message Bible. David went out in the back country, and he heard that Nabal was shearing his sheep and sent ten of his young men all with these instructions. Go to Carmel and approach Nabal. Greet him in my name. Peace, life and peace to you. Peace to your household. Peace to everyone here. I heard that it's sheep shearing time. Here's the point. When your sh- when your shepherds were camped near us, we didn't take advantage of them. They didn't lose a thing all the time. They were with us in Carmel. Ask your young men. They'll tell you. Ask your young men. They'll tell you. What I'm asking is that you be generous with my men. Share, share the feast. Give whatever your heart tells you to your servants and to me, David, your son. David's young men went, went and delivered his message word for word to Nabal. Nabal told into them, who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? The country is full of, full of a runaway servants. The country is full of runaway servants these days. Do you think I'm going to take good bread and wine and meat, freshly butchered for my sheep shearers, and give it to men I've never laid eyes on? Who knows where they've come from? David's men got out David's men got out of there and went back and told David what he said. David said, Scrap on your sword. They all they all scrapped on their sword. David gave the order and he and he and his men were prepared to kill Nabal. They were prepared to take that fool out. And rightfully so. David and his men had protected Nabal's men, been nice to them, made sure they they didn't lose anything. But now we all know somebody like this, somebody that we've been nice to, been there for. But when it came their turn, their turn to be nice to us and be there for us, they wouldn't do it. So we all know somebody like this. So rightfully so, David and his men had protected Nabal's men, been nice to them, made sure they didn't lose anything. But now that Nabal had a chance to repay their kindness by helping them, he would, like I said, we all know somebody that we've been nice to, been there for, and when, when it was their turn to do something for us, they wouldn't do it. They had a Nabal spirit. So David and his men set out, 400 of them. 200 stayed behind to guard the camp. 
Meanwhile, one of the young shepherds told Abigail. Meanwhile, somebody messed around and told Abigail what was going on. Meanwhile, one of the young shepherds told Abigail, Nabal's wife, what had happened. He told her that David sent messengers from the back country to salute our master, but our master tore into them with insults. These men treated us very well. They took nothing from us and didn't take advantage of us all the time. All the time we were in the fields, they formed a wall around us, protecting us day and night. All the time we were out tending the sheep. The young shepherd urged her, he urged Abigail to do something and do something quickly because big trouble is is ahead for our master and for all of us. Nobody can talk to him. He's impossible, a real Brutes. And the next verse says, Abigail flew into action. She had to do something to stop all of this. He was a fool, and he responded to David like a fool. And here goes his his beautiful, intelligent wife stepping in. The next verse says, Abigail flew into action. I would just like to stop and applaud all the wives who are married to men who are always making foolish decisions, married to men who are mean, married to men who are mean, men who are impossible. May the rest of us never know what it costs you daily trying to be a helpmate to a man like that. Now, let's make it make sense. Let's connect four. Number one, Abigail married a fool. Number she was married to a fool who made foolish decisions that would affect all of them. Three, so she was forced. She had no choice but to intervene in the mess he had made. And four, and that's how she would meet and impress King David, who would later become her husband. Because if you read the rest of the story, you will find out that later on, Nabal ended up dying. David didn't kill him. He just died. And when he died, what did King David do? He sent for Abigail, and she became his wife. So she went from marrying a fool to marrying a king. That's how the Lord connected the pieces of her life. That's how he connected four things in her life. And believe it or not, God's doing the same thing with you. The Bible says, the foundation of the text says, remember, God causes everything to work together for the good. And that's how he caused it all to work together for the good in Abigail's life. Now let's move on through the Bible. Let's go and look at Ruth's life. In the book of Ruth, chapter 1, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. 
The man's name was Abimelech. His wife's name was his wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were were Milan and Kilion. They were Ephrates from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now Abimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Oprah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Milan and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food, by providing food for them, she and her daughter-in-laws prepared to return home from there. That's Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 6 from the NIV. Now let's look at Ruth chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. I'm going somewhere with this. God is going somewhere with this. Just stick with us. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of of Abimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and entered a field and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz. See how the Lord is bringing it all together. She's in the field of Boaz, but she didn't know it, who was from the clan of Abimelech. Just then, it wasn't no coincidence, but the Bible says just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? He noticed her. Who does that young woman belong to? The harvesters replied, she is a Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please, please let me glean and gather among the, among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, so Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Women. Boaz had people working for him. That man you talking to don't have nobody working for him, and he don't own nothing. He's not, he's not a Boaz. And that's just a side note. That ain't got nothing to do with tonight's message. I just wanted to put that in there. Because I see women going, Boaz, 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 a lot of times. And the person that they're talking about does not fit the Bible's description of a Boaz. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. 
Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go in and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. Okay, it's time to make it make sense. Connect four. One, Ruth was living in a famine, which means she lacked the things she needed. Two, her husband, her provider, was dead. Three, which is why she made the decision in the first place to follow Naomi back to her hometown. Four, and that's where she met Boaz, her husband-to-be, when she came to his field in search of a job. Can you see all those other things had to happen? It had to be a famine. It had to be that her husband died. All those things had to be in order for her to meet Boaz. Because if it hadn't been a famine, she still would have been in Moab. And if it hadn't been a famine, she would have been in Moab. She would have been in Moab, married to her husband, married to Naomi's son. But because he was dead and because there was a famine, she had to move with Naomi. God called her to follow behind Naomi and go back to Naomi's hometown, and there she would meet Boaz. God brought her life all the way together. And I'm decreeing and declaring over somebody's life. Listen to to me tonight. God is going to bring your life all the way together. It may not look like it right now, but he's going to make it all make sense. Again, tonight's foundation of text is God causes everything to work together for the good. He causes everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He causes everything to work together for the good. Indeed, he does. Indeed, he does. Just like he did in Genesis 37, verse 3 and 4 for Joseph. We're going to look at Joseph a minute. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he was born to him in his old age, and he made made an ornament robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Okay, we skip it. We're going to read. That was Genesis 37, 3 and 4. Now we're going to read Genesis 37, 14 and 15 from the NIV. So he said to him, go and see if all is well with your brothers. This is what Israel, Joseph's father, Joseph's father told him. So he said to him, go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flock and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off from the valley of Hebron. When Joseph arrived to Skesham, a man found him wandering around in the fields and asked him, What are you looking for? They have what are you looking for? They have moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, Let's go to Dolphin. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dolphin. 
But they saw him in the distance. Now, this was the problem. They saw him in the distance. And before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these citrons, into a pit, and say that a furious, that a furious, that a furious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. You see what type of what type of length that a, a person would go go through to try to stop your dreams. They was going through all of that to try to stop his dreams, and they, and it wasn't gonna stop nothing. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into this citron, into this pit. Some translations say pit. Into this citron here in the wilderness. But don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to their father, back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe. He he was wearing his robe of many colors, his coat of many colors. And they took him and threw him into a pit, into the citron. The citron was empty. There was no water in it. Okay, let's look at Genesis 37, verse 25 through 27 from the end of it. As they sat down to eat their meal, this is what got me. They sat down eating like they ain't done nothing wrong. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a corner van of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. The camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother? And cover up his blood. Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hand on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. Now it's time to make it make sense. Let's make it all make sense. Because God made it all make sense. Let's connect four. One, Joseph's brothers hated him. That's clear from the text. They hated him. Two, because they hated him, they threw him in a pit. They threw him in the citron. They threw him in a pit. Three, they threw him in the pit just in time. Now, this is where God stepped in. They threw him in the pit just in time for some, for some people on their way to Egypt to come along and buy him as a slave. Four, and that's how Joseph got to Egypt, the place where he would be raised up to the position of governor. That's how Joseph ended up getting away from his brothers and getting to Egypt, to the place where his dreams would come true. Told you they couldn't stop his dreams because he was headed. He was not headed to the place where his, dream, his dreams would come true. And his brothers, with all their hate, actually helped him get there. God causes everything. I told you, God causes everything to work together for the good. Okay, I've given you three examples from the Bible of how God connects the pieces of your life and makes it all make sense 
and makes it all work together for the good. But this last example, this last example comes from my own personal life. One day out of the blue, I felt a strong urge to go to a particular church. Just show up and join church. And let me just tell everybody listening under the sound of my voice, I do not recommend that anybody do this. No, I only recommend that you do this if the Lord is leading you to do it. Otherwise, don't do this. Only do it if you feel led of the Lord to do it. One day out of the blue, I felt a strong urge to go to a particular church, just show up and join. Keep in mind, I had never attended this church before. I had never heard the pastor preach before. Didn't even know if he could preach. I didn't even know if he could preach. I had no idea that this church could meet my spiritual needs or not. And I didn't care. To be honest, I didn't care. I just knew I needed to go there on Sunday and join. So I did. I showed up and joined. I had to show up that day. Little did I know, God was about to play Connect Four. God was about to play Connect Four. Here we go again, y'all. But this is my own life. One, someone was there that day, the day that I joined church, that unbeknownst to me, I had to meet them. I had to meet this person. Two, an immediate friendship was formed. An immediate friendship was formed. Formed Through that friendship, a new connection would be made out of the blue one evening. Number four, four, one evening I met and made a connection, a bond that is still bonding today. Can you see how God worked that out for me? God causes everything to work together for the good. I showed up in a place I had never been, connecting myself to some people I didn't know that much about, didn't even know if the pastor could preach, but I felt led of the Lord. I just felt a strong urge. This is where you need to be. And now, you ain't got time to try to figure out nothing about this church, what they believe. Uh, nothing. You just need to join this church. You need to be there now. And if I hadn't showed up that day, I wouldn't know the person that has made an uh, impact on my life. I wouldn't know this person. I wouldn't be bonded with this person had I not showed up. When I showed up, we wouldn't know each other. I'm telling you, it's somebody out there you need to get connected to. It's something out there waiting for you. But you just have to listen to the Lord and follow his leading. Let him lead. Let him play connect for. Let him do what he does and make all things work together for the good. Now, I didn't say everything was going to be good. Everything was going to feel good. But he's going to work it out. That's what I'm saying. I shared all of this just to say to you, 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 and you, everybody listening, whether you listen live or to the replay, God is playing Connect Four, and he knows exactly what he's doing. Watch him connect the pieces of your life like only he can do. Even though you might not understand what's what's happening right now in this season, 
You might not understand what's happening right now in this season. Just go with it. Stop taking everything to heart and just go with it. Trust the prophetic urge. You got to go to a certain place and do a certain thing. Trust that prophetic urge to go to a certain place and do a certain thing. Don't hesitate to go. Don't hesitate to do what you feel like God is saying. Don't hesitate to do what you feel God is saying, God is telling you to do. Remember, the Bible lets us know that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The Bible lets us know that the steps of a good man and woman are ordered by the Lord. Psalms 37, verse 23, from the New King James Version. Your steps are ordered. Hear me. Your steps are ordered. It may not feel like it right now, but your steps are ordered. Your steps are ordered. Now, the Bible never said every step of the way would feel good to you. He didn't say it was going to feel good. He said he was ordering your steps. He didn't say that the steps were going to feel good. I'm sure being married to a fool didn't feel good to Abigail. But the cause of that fool and her having to intervene in the mess that he had made, that's how Abigail met David and went from being married to a fool to later being married to a king. God made it all work together for good. He tied it all together. And I'm sure it didn't feel good to Ruth when her husband just up and died. It didn't feel good to her to be stuck in a famine, going without food, trying to scratch what little she did have. She was used to a man being around the house. She was used to him providing for her, protecting her, etc. And it didn't feel good to her when she had to take all her belongings and relocate with Naomi to a place she knew nothing about. She didn't know those people. She didn't know nothing about Boaz and no people in, those people in the field. She didn't even know Naomi's God at that time. She was just going on blind faith. But the Lord was leading her the whole time. Her steps were being ordered. She was to go wherever Naomi would go. Till one day she showed up in Boaz's field. Till one day she showed up in Boaz's field, broke and broken. She showed up in his field, broke and broken. But, love, you can't see how things are connecting right now. I know you can't see how things, things are connecting right now. But I promise you, I promise you, there's a connection. You might show up broken, broken, like like Ruth. You might show up broke and broken, but you won't stay that way. You might show up like Joseph, having been hated, having been lied on, etc., because the persecution is real. But you won't stay that way. Or like me, you might show up in what looks like just a spontaneous moment. You might show up in what looks like just a spontaneous moment, thinking that I'm sure it looked to my family like I just got up one Sunday morning and decided to do something, decided to join this church. But even then, God had a plan. And that's what I'm telling you, telling somebody tonight. Even then, even now, God has a plan to make it all make sense, to make it all work out to make it all work together for the good, for my good and for your good, 
Why? Because as the foundational text says for tonight, because you and I, we love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Not your purpose, not my purpose, but we are called according to his purpose. Remember that. You are not alive on this earth because of what you want to do. You are not alive on this earth because of what you want to do. But you are still here for his purpose. Therefore, I urge you tonight, seek his purpose. Seek his purpose. Father God, we seek after your purpose. We follow your orders, your steps that have been ordered, even when it don't feel good, seem good, or appear to be good. We trust that we trust that every prophetic urge, every time we obey your word, written or spoken, you are not just making a way, but you are connecting the pieces, making it all make sense, making it all, everything we've been through, make sense and work together for the good. We trust you, Father. We trust you because you're faithful. Father is faithful. Save the unsaved. Draw them with love and kindness to the truth of Jesus by the way of the Holy Spirit, according to Jeremiah 31 and 3. In Jesus' name, do it, Father. Amen. Well, this concludes tonight's message. I pray that you are blessed, and I pray that you get some understanding of how God can work all things together for your good. He can make it all make sense. He can connect for. He can connect for, and that's even better than the game that y'all used to play because I didn't ever play. This concludes the message. So if you have a prayer request, be sure to send it in through the website, com. It's a spot on the website for prayer requests, and I will get back to you via email. Just send it in to com. If you feel led to, you can also sew on the website, com, or you can use the ministry, Ministries Cash app to sew. It's the ministry's name, Prolific Fire. The P in Prolific is capital. The F in Fire is capital written all together with a dollar symbol in the front. Or you can go to PayPal, paypal.me slash prolificfire, and sew only if you feel led to. And for those of you that have been sewing, I pray that the Lord bless it back to you. You know what I always say, 3600 fold, wherever you need it the most. According to your faith, be it unto you. Matthew nine twenty nine. Be sure to join my sister in ministry, Providence Pay for Prayer and Encouragement for Faith on the Line this Friday night, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific, by calling the same number that many of you call tonight, 347-426-3782. That's 347-426-3782. With that being said, everybody, be sure to join me back here on Polyvian Fire, same night, time, and place for another word from the Lord next Monday. To God be the glory. I'm out.